In the fire service, we have a designated hierarchy of rank. The influence of this chain of command is supposed to be followed up and down the chain. However, what happens when people in high-ranked positions are a big reason why people are feeling disenfranchised down the chain? We look to our leaders to set the tone for the organization and help with disbursement of information as well as morale. Can you imagine William Wallace riding on his horse at the Battle of Sterling and instead of rallying his countrymen and talking about freedom, he says, F morale? In today's episode, I'll talk about how our culture in the fire service is being neglected and becoming stagnant and toxic. I'll talk about what we can do about it, and I'll provide you with three simple things you can do every day to set the tone for a healthy culture. You are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. It's been said that people don't leave bad organizations, they leave bad leaders. I believe this to be true in all forms of organizations around the world. The thing that stands out most to me is knowing how difficult the hiring process is for the fire service to have people who are willing to leave and start that process all over should tell you a lot about how things are going at your organization. I've been in rooms with organizational leaders who have let their frustrations get the better of them when it's clear that their frustrations stem from them being promoted well above their level of capability. I've witnessed labor groups approach management with concerns for how certain actions would severely negatively affect morale, only to be met with a chief officer say, F morale. Now that really happened. I know I used that little anecdote in the intro, but that's a real thing that really happened. The most disparaging part of all this is that those managers, supervisors, and chief officers who are allowing morale and thereby culture to deteriorate these people are in positions where they would be most influential to a culture of engagement. It all comes down to accountability. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Every problem that I've witnessed in the fire service in regards to culture, morale, behavior, discipline, and poor performance can all be traced back 
to a lack of accountability somewhere along the line. Typically, right at the beginning. <laughs> you, go, you go to the root of the problem, and you'll typically find that accountability was the instigator. An engaged culture is a healthy culture. This doesn't mean an us versus them mentality. This isn't uh, labor versus management. This means creating places where conversations can be had without judgment. Yelling and screaming, whatever, but conversations need to be had. Eventually, the yelling and screaming will die down and you'll, be, you'll get to a point where you can talk to each other civilly. The other day I heard of a firefighter who started to attack a guy on his crew about his religion. Yes, this is a huge policy violation, and the guy under attack could have had that firefighter by the nuts. But the real issue here is that a fellow firefighter thought that it was totally appropriate to attack someone for what they believe. This is the opposite of what a healthy culture looks like. I've heard it said that you should avoid talking about politics and religions at work, but let's face it, this is the firehouse. Nothing's really taboo. However, that doesn't mean we can't be respectful when talking about those things that might be considered taboo. In my experience, people in leadership positions in the fire service have mistakenly assumed that organizational culture is merely a social phenomenon, like merely a byproduct. Yet again, we can see here that lack of accountability and not taking ownership in that way of thinking makes for a lazy and directionless culture. Culture is more about shared values, thoughts, rituals, and behavior. These things wield enormous influence over employees' actions and behaviors, good or bad. If you've worked for or are currently working for an organization that's continually motivating people and their performance, then you know the kind of vibrant environment that that feels like. Other cultures drain motivation and make employees feel as if they have no control over their environment nor any incentive to perform. I mean, if administration promotes the guy who's going around sniffing female coworkers' hair and being obviously inappropriate with other women on scene, then why should anyone else feel like they need to bust their butt to hold to a high standard of integrity? Fortunately, there are people in your organization like you, people who have a fire inside, people who do the right thing for the right reason. You are the ones that people are watching. People are paying attention to you. People tend to make excuses for laziness and poor behavior when they see other people exhibiting those very things. But when someone like you comes along and shows them that it can be done, you can have high standards and perform and be a person they would want in their crew, not because you make rude jokes or inappropriate comments all the time to somebody and put people down, but that you inspire them to become something more because you are proving it to them every day. Building a healthy culture can be a very daunting task. Most of the time, people focus on tactics and strategy because that's what they know, and that's what they're comfortable with. And it's easy to check a box on a worksheet, right? It's easy to read that book and understand the tactics involved and then do those tactics on scene. What's challenging is being active in bettering yourself so that you're the type of person you'd want on your crew because you lift people up and inspire people. Now, there's a lot to be said about relationships on the fire ground and relationships in the firehouse, right? Um, being a leader and being a part of the crew doesn't just mean 
you're a really good firefighter because you could be like, let's say you could be a really great engineer. You could be a really great engineer, but if you're terrible on an EMS scene, like that creates liability that doesn't balance out the workload. So the idea is to be the best you can in all aspects of your role. That's what helps foster an equal and fair and, and healthy culture. And like I said, that all comes down to accountability. So if you, let's say you have that engineer who's, who drives you to the, to the call, you know, without a problem, but then the only thing they can do on scene is put a bandaid on someone, then, then there's a problem there. And that person needs to be brought up to par. And if that's not happening, then the leader of that crew, the captain is going to lose trust from the other members of the crew. And then there's going to be dissension and then there's going to be disdain. And then it's going to start to deteriorate the crew culture. And as a result, the organizational culture. So let's talk about three ways that you can actively set the tone for a healthy culture and lay the groundwork for exceptional engagement that will inspire you like William Wallace did. Number one, show active kindness. The idea of being kind should go without saying, and you shouldn't need some stupid sticker posted on every surface of the fire station to remind you of it. The people who would need a reminder of this don't belong in the fire service in the first place. If you have to have a continual reminder to be kind to each other, then I don't even know how you made it through the process, to be honest with you. And then there's bigger problems because your system is flawed. Your hiring system is flawed. You don't need to become best friends with everyone, but the most subtle outreach and interaction can dramatically shape your culture. When's the last time you reached out to someone in support staff and told them thank you for doing a consistently amazing job? One of the worst feelings in the world is feeling like the people you work with and you do things for don't see you. Knowing that you understand what it is that they do for you and that you appreciate it goes a long, long way. Trust me, I put this into action all the time. I'll send an email or a handwritten note to someone that I haven't seen in a long time because I'm out in the field and they're at admin or they're in the shop or they're down at dispatch and I'll just say, hey, I really appreciate all you do to keep our budget in order. Or, hey, thank you for putting on that EMS training we had. I know that it's tough to stand up there and be critiqued by 40 firemen about something you're trying to teach but I appreciate your effort. Or even, hey, I really appreciate how you always speak so clearly and make sure that we understand what it is you're saying over the radio. This is something that I can do as a firefighter that goes a long way to build relationships by building people up. Now, there's a difference here between being kind and kissing ass, right? If you're only focused on continually reaching out to the same people or the same person, then guess what you're doing? Yep, you're sucking up. But if you're genuine and you reach out to people when it's really warranted, then your efforts will be received in a genuine way and you'll build relationships that matter and that make the organization better as a whole. This works from the bottom up and it works even better from the top down. If leadership isn't willing to make some rounds every now and then and put their finger on the pulse of the organization, then how can they expect us to trust them when they make moves that affect the entire organization? Like how can they trust? How can we trust that? There, there's no trust there. By going out and visiting different stations and having real conversations that matter, not things like why Ohio State is the best college football team there is. Like who gives a shit about that? Who cares? 
leaders can build trust and gain a better understanding of what it is their people need. If they have real conversations that matter. And if these leaders would even take it a step further and acknowledge employees' efforts and their accomplishments, whether they're personal or professional, they not only gain the trust of their people, but they gain their respect. Let me ask you this. How good would it make you feel that the only time you ever saw your chief was when you got your five-year service plaque? Make you feel like crap, right? And not only that, how good would you feel if your name was spelled wrong on every single five-year plaque that you have? Would you feel like an important part of the organization? Or would you feel completely lost in the crowd of other people of no importance? So show active kindness. Be real about it. And do it with the mindset of that's just what should be happening, not something that you're forcing. Number two, communicate what's going on. A lot of the time, leaders think that they need to guard their communication with their people or guard the information uh, as to what's going on in the organization as if that'll make them or the department weak. What this actually does is it creates a huge integrity gap that people fill in with rumor and assumption. And you all know how I feel about making assumptions, right? The more open and transparent leaders are with their subordinates, the more they will build trust. And the more narrow that integrity gap will get. So there's less room for people to throw rumor and assumption in there. But typically, this kind of thing is the exact opposite of what happens. What a lot of leaders don't embrace is that it's the people in the field doing the work day in and day out that tend to provide the most effective solutions to the organizational problems. So if the leader or chief officers or whatnot are keeping the problems from the members, they're doing themselves and the whole organization a disservice because they're not allowing these people like you and me who are on the front lines to come up with the solutions that they've probably already come up with years ago. They just don't have permission to enact them. So keeping your people informed allows them to contribute. And like I said, why hide things from them? Is, is it a power thing? Is it an ego thing? I'd say it's both. In the book, It's Your Ship by Captain Michael, I'm sorry, it's Captain D. Michael Abershoff. Uh, he openly talks about how he not only met with every single soul on the ship he was in command of, a ship that didn't have a great reputation. And he solicited solutions from every one of the members on a ship. And the result, within a matter of months, he created a crew of confident and inspired problem solvers eager to take the initiative and responsibility for their actions. He did that in a matter of months. I've put a link to the book in the show notes if you want to order it. It's on Amazon. It's everywhere. Um, I'd highly advise you buy a copy and read it for yourself. And this is the type of transparency that displays a humbling of ego. And when that happens, employees are more likely to embrace change if they feel like they're a part of it. By communicating the mission, the vision, and values in a practical and open way, buy-in and engagement increases. But not just communicating mission, vision, and values. Making the members feel as if they have an active part in supporting those things and being a part of adhering to and building up the organization in those things. One very important thing to remember 
if you're a leader uh, and you solicit the opinions and solutions from your team, but you don't take action on the recommendations, then you've actually damaged your level of trust even further. Now, I'm not saying that you have to implement everyone's ideas into, into the plan. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is action needs to be taken. And sometimes taking action is simply explaining why you can't implement that person's plan. If you don't follow up in some way, then you can bet that your people won't engage in the future, even when asked. Having this kind of open communication among your crew builds trust among the people who ultimately matter most, right? The people who will be right next to you in those life or death situations. And if you can't trust the guy next to you in those situations, then there's some work that needs to be done. Number three, promote accountability. That's right. It's that pesky A word again, accountability. Something that's become more and more prevalent is that accountability is relative. And in that, I mean, everyone's thinking that they're doing a great job and that it's everyone else that needs to hold up their end. This really shows up when there are few rewards for excellence and no repercussions for the slackers. The lowest standard becomes the new standard. This is why it's so important to outline clear expectations among your crew and ultimately your organization as a whole. This doesn't mean that only the lowest ranked firefighters have to adhere to the standard. This means that everyone up to and including the chief needs to hold to the same standard. Fifteen years ago, when I was a probie, I had a senior firefighter tell me, if you're ever questioning what you should be wearing on a call, look to our captain and follow suit. That's how much of a great example that captain was to us. He wasn't willing to make us adhere to a standard that he wasn't willing to hold to himself. Thinking back on what that senior firefighter told me, I've applied that same way of thinking to all the captains and leaders that I've served under, and i got to tell you, the standards are all over the place. There's no consistency there. Thinking about my role as a firefighter, I understand that how I present myself is a direct representation of what I think the people I serve deserve, and the people I serve with deserve, right? If I'm out of shape and sloppy dressed, then that's what I think my community and my crew deserve. The best way to start promoting accountability is with yourself. Hold to that standard. You want your, your probie firefighter or you want the other people on your crew to look to you as an example. You should be the one that's making sure that you're wearing all of your PPE, that your, your presentation isn't sloppy, that you know your, your turnouts, your uniform, that everything's clean. So when you go out and you're doing your job and you're, and you're being in public and engaging, that you present yourself and your organization and the fire service as a whole in a professional manner. So let's talk about promoting accountability within yourself. Identify the things that are important to you or that should be important to you. And you need to set up a system of accountability. Because it all starts with you, really. Accountability starts with you. You don't go around pointing the finger and talking about how you need to be accountable and you need to be accountable and you need to be accountable without being willing to make some improvements yourself. Whether it's using my template for a daily hot list or it's going to your crew directly and telling them, hey, these are some things that I want to work on. Will you guys make sure 
that I hold to this standard. Accountability starts with you. And you know, it's funny how when you actively show people your standard, if you stray from it just a little, they'll hold you to it. They'll be the first to jump on you. So for example, I don't drink alcohol, but if I went out with the guys and ordered a beer, they'd call me out on it. You know, they'd probably be like, oh, finally, but um, <clears throat> they would definitely know that something's amiss. Not necessarily because they're judging me, but because they know I hold to that standard. Once you've actively shown the people around you what you'll tolerate and what you won't, they'll come to understand the standards that you operate by. Not only that, they'll defend you when other people try to attack you for holding to those standards. The good ones will, anyway. The people who actually are practicing what they preach, right? The ones who are being actively kind and actually deserve to be on the organization and actually know what a brother is. People feel like having an impact on the culture of their organization is so enormous that they don't even want to get started. The problem with this way of thinking is that if no one ever starts, then it's a guarantee that there will never be an improvement in the way things are going. This is where you take action. This is where you show active kindness, you communicate what's going on, and you promote accountability. As you engage with the people around you and focus on your efforts in how you operate as a crew, eventually that will bleed over to how you operate as an organization. You'll create buy-in, you'll build trust, and you'll inspire people to engage. And this sets the stage for a world-class culture that people will come from all over the world to be a part of. As always, thank you for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Please subscribe and share these episodes with someone who you think should hear them. As we delve deeper into these topics, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. One way you can become more directly involved is to join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast Facebook group. This is where we as firefighters and EMS professionals can come together and dive deeper into the topics discussed on the show. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. <laughs>